When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. another episode of horror movie night this week we are talking about puppet master 4 as picked by brian but we are also joined by a special guest you may have heard him on our pop rock and horror interview segments about two months ago uh vincent the director star and writer of never hike alone vincent thank you so much for joining us hey guys good to be here <laughs> and you like i am this was with like, you <laughs> this was non-negotiable like when when you heard that we were doing puppet master 4 you were just yeah. like that's the one please no 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 no, <laughs> matt you were asleep by the time that uh vince and i decided to have a conversation <laughs> about well we're we were deep in our cups um as they say in the old country uh we were kicking back some some brown liquids and um i was like we gotta get you on the show and he was like, fuck it, let's do it. And I said, okay, what do you want to do? He's like, well, what do you have planned? And I was like, well, let me show you what we have on the list. And he was like, he he scanned it for literally 1.5 seconds. It goes, Puppet Master 4, that's it. <laughs> it was amazing. As soon as I saw that, I was like, yes. I was like, this is a movie that I have to go back and like relive. Because it was such a, like, it was essential to my childhood. Like, I rented this movie all the time. And then I realized I haven't watched it in maybe 20-something years. So I was like, I think it's time to go back. I think it's time to go back down memory lane and see how this thing holds up. And I feel like nostalgia is the biggest driving force through getting through this movie in your 30s. Because (laughs) it's the comedy. It's the comedy of the movie. that Like, like, I loved it. The rewatch, I was like laughing so loud at this movie the entire time and like researching facts on it as I was going through it. And I was like, oh, like this movie is so awesome. But like <laughs> you have to get your friends together and like get some brown liquids in a cup and <laughs> and watch this thing and just enjoy it for what it is. It's it is such it is the weirdest friggin' movie I've ever seen. Well and this like the problem with this movie is that 
for me, it's the first one <laughs> where you can tell that the budget is slowly getting cut for the Puppet Master movie. <laughs> yeah. No, no, there's, no. There's Man. way less stop motion. There's way less, like, there's the one dude's death in the car mm-hmm. is, like, the oh, most... Wow, yeah cop out like yeah. we're, we can't afford to show anything we're just yeah. gonna turn the camera a little bit and call it a day so <laughs> yeah, i was like gonna give you a hard the, okay, go ahead i was gonna say i was gonna give matt a hard time about being like oh this is when the decline started because i'm like bro Puppet master 2 but <laughs> yeah but master 2 is the best one and you know it right it's behind my, Puppet master 3 it's my <laughs> no Puppet master is my favorite personally but Puppet master 2 is the best especially for horror movie night status type stuff <laughs> but I, I really think that you should go back and listen to our episode on Puppet Master 2 because I think that we rag on the effects quite heavily there. But they at least tried with stop motion in so 2 and 3. <laughs> I, I, I agree. But also in 4, there is stop motion with the um with the little demon puppets. And yeah, those little alien puppet things. Alien puppets, sorry. <laughs> they, look, they look fantastic. And when they actually do the stop motion, it looks great because they're so brightly colored. Yeah. But yeah, there there is a lot less. This movie is <laughs> this movie is barely an hour long. Like it's an hour and eighteen minute runtime. But really, there's no meat to this movie. I mean, like I enjoyed my watch. This is the third watch. <laughs> but like, I don't. I would not have. So I think that this was Brian's pick, right? Or was this? Yeah, it's Brian's. No, it's Brian's pick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, but like. Well, okay, so so Vince, you're the you're the guest of honor, or you know our our victim. So I want to know your your quick thoughts on rewatching it, and then I want to have Brian explain why he picked it. Okay, so I we it's funny when we met at uh, Pop Rock and Horror a few weeks ago when we were talking about it. I actually kind of made a sim. I'm going to make a similar uh, kind of analogy, where it's like I told the new Godzilla was like it was like a live action cartoon, and this movie is like a it's like a Saturday morning Power Rangers episode featuring the Puppet Masters. It's like, true. The yeah, they're like, all pals. They're like your pals. They're all pals. Like, they're, like everyone's on the same team and you have like your weird villain that's somewhere far off land in a cave just like damning them <laughs> but never showing up to actually do anything about it. Dude, and that <laughs> alien puppet Looks like Beelzebub from the end of Rock and Roll Nightmare. Oh, like, yeah, it looks like a morphed out ball sack. Just <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just the like, but it, like at the same time, there's like there's production design and like the sets are really cool and the puppet like the new puppets are cool and then you got like the new puppet that you know it's like I said it's like the the Saturday morning cartoon for the kids like they're gonna come up with the new puppet and like yeah this is like the episode of Power Rangers where they got the Green Ranger they're like yeah exactly <laughs> and so that was about the same time that I was like this movie came out about the same time I was watching Power Rangers so this was like horror Power Rangers to me especially and the this- laser tag. Yeah. yeah. Oh, who God. is this laser kid? Ta- yeah, that laser tag robot game every single time is ridiculous. Yeah. When you, <laughs> every when time it happens. When you're eight years old, you don't question like the reality of the characters. But as a 37 year old guy, I'm like, what? The- who the hell is giving this dude money to just hang out in a <laughs> yeah. mansion and also- shoot lasers at fucking Daleks? It's like, what is yeah. going and on? And he's also a total virgin. Like, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed my rewatch, but the the, the logic <laughs> fell away very quickly. Yeah, just like however, it's just so matter of fact, and everybody's buddy buddy. It's like it's it's a kids film. I mean, that's ultimately what it is. I mean, they, this was <laughs> the late Showa series Godzilla, 
of Puppet Master. And like, I can see, like, I can understand as like why when I was young, why I loved it so much. And like, I'm enjoying it now just because how ridiculous it is. I think it's fair. Also, Brian, why did you pick it? Wait, wait, before, so, before we go any further, Vince, yeah. am I wrong to assume that, that there, if this was an adult puppet master, there would have been some fucking, right? Because the the, oh, totally. the snooty dude and, and the channeler, Redhead, oh my God. he was like kissing her face and stuff, but then that plot went nowhere. <laughs> oh yeah but like and then like he's like hey like maybe if it's like the storm's too bad tonight you can stay over and, and like she gives her answer and he's like yes <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the sexiest thing that happens in the movie like stay over <laughs> the storm. and that's it it's, it's not your typical like like schlock straight to dvd like straight to video like horror film it's yeah this like, ain't your daddy's puppet master <laughs> no, it's, it's your it. son's puppet master <laughs> <laughs> your little child so that way he can discover the other ones <laughs> All right, Brian. Yeah. So why did you go with? I mean, two and three were off the table, so I get yeah, it. Okay. Why did you pick this one? I couldn't remember if it was one of two options because I definitely wanted to watch three, and that's the one that I either and I don't know if I either picked three and you guys were like we already did that, so I went to four, or if I accidentally picked four thinking I was picking three. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but I was I was yeah. shocked when I was like. hmm. There's a lot less Nazis than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> they give him a pass. Yeah. Oh, shit. Away but, Nazis in this one. I mean, it was fun. I just wish that, like, I feel like the writers really tried, like, really drove home that the one guy was a douchebag. And they didn't need to as much. Like, we yeah. got we got it. He's a dickhead. Yeah, mm-hmm. But they just Are you kept talking about the guy with the glasses? Yeah. yeah and then... Although his one redeeming factor is when he goes, Nazis, I hate those guys. Other than that. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Well, and this is like, this movie has a cast of about eight people. Yeah. Yeah. Approximately eight people, four of which who are just there to get killed by the alien puppets in the first three minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then our main cast of four. The one who is a scientist who seems to be just playing a colored cubes move around the screen saver game uh when we are introduced to her uh but jesus this movie this movie has some things mm-hmm. like to jump to the end Toulon's head on a puppet body the same effect of an unchanged disney ride from the 60s like that's... <laughs> the hologram yeah. <laughs> well and I have to say, we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast about how one of the greatest moments in any horror film that we've ever watched is in Ghoulies 2, where the Ghoulies give each other a high five. <laughs> but I think I think a strong second place is watching Pinhead scratch his head out of confusion. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, man. The whole camaraderie got... of them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they're all pals. It's so weird because there's this one point where Pinhead is wiping blood, demon puppet blood, off of Tunneler's drill, just like so gently. It's just so tender. <laughs> it's so weird. And then uh, I look at the, the kid like, way to go, Tunneler. <laughs> After he like, completely just drills yeah! his arrow. <laughs> Like, way to go. Oh, yeah, this this had to have been around the same time that Charles Band was doing Moonstone. Mm. Because it definitely feels like it's got that influence of like his 
attempt at kids movies which like some of them weren't bad like i'm not sure if you remember uh well dragon world was terrible but uh remote was one that he did where it was basically like home alone but it was a kid who built things out of remote controls so instead of it being Mm. like pranks that he laid around it was like little robots that he created to fight the bank robbers that's funny no, I yeah, haven't I seen Remote. <laughs> and every <laughs> listener right now is doing the pinhead head scratch. When just <laughs> <laughs> remote. Yeah, it was Remote. There was Remote, uh, Dragon World, and Pre-Hysteria were like the big oh, like yeah, Charles Pre- Band Pre- trying to do kids movies. That's funny. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I know for a fact that uh, Richard did the, the soundtrack for Pre-Hysteria because at Pop, Rock, and Horror, he had CDs of Pre-Hysteria. And I was like, I love you, Richard, but how many people are going to buy the Prehysteria soundtrack on CD in 2019? I do want to give a shout out to Richard Band because I said this to him at Pot Rock and Horror as well, but there is nothing that brings instant nostalgia to me quicker than that full moon logo and his little like 10 second musical score uh, that just sets the mood for yeah. like, ooh, it's time to watch That's a Charles Band movie. Like, I know, I get it that Charles Band is the Roger Corman of our childhood because <laughs> Roger Corman was just a little too like <laughs> a little too out there for us as we were you know in the 80s and early 90s when we were probably getting our our sweet fix on like sci-fi channel or whatever of uh of our our you know PG-13 era horror more or less but like Richard Band god bless him because that dude doesn't half-ass he has no fucking chill and so he like everything is a masterwork even puppet master 4 even pre-hysteria that dude doesn't like differentiate projects he's like you know what this is a paycheck i'm gonna do the best i can and it's amazing i love him. i would I would put like a little asterisk next to that and write in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. He did two thirds of the nightmare cinema orchestration and, and, and soundtrack. So I don't know. I haven't seen the movie yet or heard the soundtrack, but it, it as of recording this. Oh, just, oh just you're came. talking about Richard. I'll take Richard. I thought you were talking about Charles. No, no, Charles <laughs> band. No, 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 dude. Charles, Charles band is a total hack. Like, sorry, Charles. <laughs> Chucky band. <laughs> Also, today is not the fucking day for me to give Charles Band any leeway because he just went after a D. Wallace film under the name uh, Dolls and oh. like totally put them on. He didn't, but some like somebody that works at Full Moon who does their social and like I'm trying to keep our Facebook group positive. So I didn't say anything about it, but I am so livid that I'm going to actively pay to watch dolls 2019 starring d wallace um because i love her and and also it was really shitty the way that they did them dirty so charles band is a total hack richard band on the other hand that's what i'm saying is that like charles band throws shit at a wall sometimes it looks like you know jackson pollock sometimes it literally looks like shit on a wall uh <laughs> I, I, I would consider puppet master one and two, to be Jackson Pollock shit on a wall. I would consider dolls to be Jackson Pollock shit on a wall. I would consider subspecies to be shit on a wall. Like, not Jackson <laughs> Pollock shit on a wall. So, like, his, his track record is kind of terrible. Richard Band <laughs> never, ever stops trying to do the best he can. That's what I'm saying. That is true. Okay, I got love it. him. Okay, I follow you now. Um, 
try and look at some of the notes that I have because they're all over the place. My um, notes are completely chronological. I, I think mine are just spur of the moment thoughts. Um, okay, yeah, well, because, can we talk? About one of them just says there's a lot of credits at the start of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. I fast forward the credits. You know I do. But like, what do you guys think about the head demon with the mush mouth and the non-articulating hands? Because he's just like, yeah. he looks like he looks like a Power Ranger bad guy. You're yeah, right. Well, that's what that's what Reed John Vincent was saying. Just, yeah, he looks like a scrote. <laughs> like Vincent nailed it. Like he looks like a ball sack that's come to life. <laughs> <laughs> that is a <laughs> horrifying <laughs> thought. His nipples Arr! are so big. Like, <laughs> go back and look at those pictures, everyone. I kept like, like looking all the ways that they were like saving money, <laughs> like throughout the entire. Because I start, I watch films differently now. I just start feeling like, all right, how do they shoot this? Where do they shoot this on? Like, how do they build this? A lot of money. And I'm like, layer, I'm like dissecting the movie as I'm watching it, and like that puppet. I'm like, oh, they didn't. They made the mouth move, so they didn't have to fucking animate it. Like, yeah. But, but the thing totally. is that that's that is that's a human in it, right? Yeah, well, they, oh, no, no, it's like a puppet. It like basically, it's, it's somebody with it on sticks. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a marionette for sure. Yeah. But his the little, way it moves is a marionette. <laughs> I just love that it was like life-size. Like yeah. it was a life-size marionette acting with other human actors in like costumes. Yeah, because there was definitely little people walking around this gigantic And isn't the point of like creating a drone to go out and kill people in another place like the point that like you don't get hurt when you send the drone? (laughs) Like what was the point of sending the drone if you were just going to die anyway? (laughs) You kill yourself. Yeah. Well, because it's got sharp fangs and teeth and nails. And it's also one twentieth the size of you. So it it doesn't mean much. (laughs) <laughs> uh but yeah so we never actually explain what the plot of this movie is mostly because it's barely there an alien for reasons unknown attack earth and uh the puppets are the only people that can save us yeah well, it's an ancient species it's an ancient race of the egyptians that they worship these gods of like the underworld and so this god of the underworld that has control of like life after death like tulan somehow stole his formula in order to bring back his puppets to life so they like jam that into the puppet master um, kind of story, which I don't think that was ever established before that Toulon stole it from. Oh, absolutely from, not. <laughs> no, yeah. Cool. So they, they made that up. So this thing is sending these demons to go recover it because this other boy genius who is a caretaker at a uh, hotel on the edge of the ocean for like Jack Torrance or something. Um, and he's discovering artificial intelligence was the exact same. Uh, what does Andre Toulon say? Uh, trans transcend the liturgy or <laughs> like i can't yeah. even say the like can't he, i was trying to say it after he said it, it's like transcend linearity that's what he said and i was like how the hell did he say that um, <laughs> i don't know you're the actor you tell me yeah yeah I was well like, and that yeah <laughs> well and that's the thing because like you know for those of you who couldn't figure it out by the name vincent's short never hike alone is a is a friday the 13th fan film and you know Friday the 13th is a movie that you can kind of hit a little bit with some revisionary history throughout its sequels. Uh, Same with Nightmare on Elm Street, but I don't think any of those movies hold a candle to the amount of revisions that go on with the Puppet puppet Master Toulon storyline. Everything. It's funny because last month we were just uh, talking about Child's Play and how we give it like so much credit for having continuity throughout the entire series and then this is like yeah they're these evil styles but they're actually good and they fight nazis no they are nazis 
and it's just like <laughs> all over the place. Well, and that's like because someone pointed out, I think we pointed out way back when, if you go to the first year of Horror Movie Night when we talked about Puppet Master 3, that the Puppet Master 3 takes place two years after Toulon's suicide at the start yeah. of Puppet Master <laughs> <laughs> like, It's yeah, just we're, all we're, over the place. We are, that's the thing that you have to accept is that Puppet Master <laughs> has no chronology. No. And that, you have to take them as complete vignettes. It's almost like you just have to imagine that someone, let's just say Charles Band got how many are we 14 movies deep with them yet what what are we at uh 13 or 14 yeah and i you know what it's funny because vincent brought up godzilla but i feel like it kind of works for puppet master too because with godzilla godzilla is either a hero or villain just depending on what the other monster is in that movie (laughs) um and that's kind of how the puppets are yeah it's like if yeah and and you just go along for the ride because it's fun to look at yeah so when did puppet master 4 come out 93. Yeah, 93. Okay, so I don't know. And it looks every bit of 1993. <laughs> yes, I, I that dude's hair them... is so hairsprayed in like a final position. It's yeah. I, also, we got to talk about, if we're talking about how 1993 this looks, I love the fact that this is so low budget that the psychic or uh, the, the channeler, I'm sorry, the redhead, right? Um, her foundation is way too orange for her actual complexion because you can see it where her her makeup touches her um, her scalp. And I don't know why I'm noticing and caring about this, but like <laughs> it was pissing me off when I was watching. I was like, "Fucking seriously, they can't even get a foundation that looks right for her." I'm so weird. This movie is so 1993 that dude has a fear decal on the back oh, of his Oh, no, I haven't about that I, shit. I, I forgot about that, but I was I, like, man, I, they, my, who I like, thought? Like, like, I just picture the guy in the editing room, like, when he <laughs> panned to that, just kicking back in his chair, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Meaning depth. <laughs> yeah, that was deep. Because the guy in the car, he's afraid. Sits fear on the back of the car. <laughs> well, I was going to say, there's one of them Deep. goes, there's one line of dialogue that I wrote down because it's totally monotone. He goes, yeah, I'm terrified. <laughs> like uh, so here's an upsetting piece of uh, trivia that I found on IMDb, unless Vincent already got to this no, go. uh, when you were doing your research. Uh, you know what this movie was originally going to be before someone came up with the idea for the Decapitron? No, what? This was supposed to be the original Puppet Master vs. Demonic Toys. And then they created this new puppet and were like, fuck it, it'll fight aliens instead of the demonic toys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I've seen five minutes of Puppet Master vs. Demonic Toys, and I, I have no interest in seeing the rest of it. You know, there are oh, two of them? <laughs> yeah, the ones that they actually made are trash. But if they had made it in 1993 when they were supposed to, yeah, when they were it would have been height. great. Yeah. 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 Like, Isn't um, the saddest thing about Full Moon? Yeah. yeah, isn't the Goonies oh. guy in it? What the hell's the guy who lost his mind? Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman's in it. In, yeah. yeah, it really? was. It was made by Sci-Fi Channel. Oh god, oh. they're yeah, worse well, than me. Full Moon. Well, let's <laughs> let's give Sci-Fi a little bit of credit because and Vanessa Angel. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they I do think that Sci-Fi has been kind of picking up some slack in the last two years with their uh, shows. With shows? their shows, yes. Yeah, because Krypton, although I don't watch it, I have no interest. The production value doesn't look half bad. No, no. And then there was a, there's another show someone recommended, and 
now don't get me wrong the second season and a half he really lagged but the first oh is that a sci-fi really channel good. yeah 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 nice. and i mean aren't they doing that banana splits movie oh <gasps> yes they are and i am more so <clears throat> i was joking with katie about how she's so excited about midsummer and i am so excited about the banana splits movie <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I all I can hope with the Banana Splits movie is that H.R. Puff and stuff and Sigmund the Sea Monster also happen to make a cameo and just bring all those old 70s shows together for this thing. But <laughs> And we have, like, Astro the Wonder Dog or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck that guy's name is. Um, so, there, you know the, the douchebag with the sunglasses or the, with the glasses and the perfectly Cameron. coiffed yeah, Cameron? Cameron? Yeah. Oh, I love clothes. the fact that... Yeah, smoking clothes. Um when he shows up, his first line, I had to write it down. He goes, Rickster, hug, no kiss. And Matt, I think that I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I, I now have two, not one, but two ways to introduce myself to people at conventions. Um, whether I know them or not, it's either going to be Rickster, hug, no kiss, or hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah. So um, I also found a new ringtone because like, I know that ringtones are so 2008. But and I don't have any special ringtones on my phone, but I want one. I want the preppy. I want Ch Chandler. What the fuck is his name? Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> I want him to. I want him shrieking. Oh, fuck. I want that. As my, <laughs> my text ringtone. I do have to warn you about your new way to introduce yourself to people, Scott, is mm -hmm. if you came up to me and you went for a handshake, I'd shake your hand. If you went for a hug, I'd hug you. If you said hug, no kiss, you'd kiss I'm a me. millennial, so I'm going to kiss the shit out of you. This is yeah. actually working out better than I could have ever expected. <laughs> I want also, more male. I want more guy on guy. Um, uh, not, not Not kissing. I, I, I just, just affection. Like, I'm a hugger. Thank fuck Matt's a hugger. I mean, Brian... You're a hugger, but you're also incredibly socially anxious. So I always feel bad when I make you hug me. No, um, I mean, due to my extracurricular activities that I've had to do the past six years, they kind of turn you into a hugger. It's yeah. like a, it's a forced <laughs> hugging fellowship. But also, I don't want to force anyone to hug me. But no, I'm used to it. And Vince, next time you see me, buddy. Oh, yeah, I know what I'm getting say. a big ass. Well, you're giving me I'm, a big ass hug because yeah. you're a giant of a man and I'm a, a little dwarf. <laughs> I'll just wrap you I'm up. just saying, side note, like, Scott, I love you. Listeners, specifically, I love you guys. <laughs> but think about the amount of time that you're at. Like, where are you going to meet people where you're going to say that? A convention. There's a lot of big sweat guys walking around those conventions with very minimal deodorant. Okay, I, that's so also something that I needed to do and I have sat on it. What's By the time this comes out, we're about two-thirds of the way through convention season, so fuck it. I'll save it for next spring. But I was actually going to make an infographic of what to do at cons, and the first bullet point <laughs> is wear fucking deodorant. But Matt, yeah, you know I how wanna, like, people I, have hand sanitizer at the... Dude, would it be, would it be offensive if, like... You know, like people have hand sanitizer axe, at their table. Axe body and spray, man. Yeah, just put it right there at the table. Like, oh, go ahead and spray yourself. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to actually give you like a, a sign. <laughs> Do you, can you imagine if nerdy ass horror movie night gets a sponsorship from bro ass body spray? I mean, it come on, it's perfect. Axe body spray. They can work so oh, many horror shit. angles into that. Come on. Can they get a blood Drop the mic. I'm walking away. Oh, <laughs> 
Vince, you've got more fame than us, so you go and use that that uh, never yeah, make alone that, money. I'll push that fan film fame right to the right to the edge. <laughs> all you all you need all you need is for your fake Jason yeah. to like kill someone with the wrong type of axe. Actually, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to give too much away, but we are going to take fake Jason and make a shoe commercial with him. Oh, nice. That is happening. We got one coming. I'm up. just saying. You can put a whole new twist on axe to the face. I'm gonna have to come up. Yeah, I'll we'll have to. I'll we'll have to come up with some type of like just pitch reel for that. <laughs> you know what the best part about the last 26 minutes of my life is? Is that the hulking monster of a human being that plays a Jason has the most soothing molasses voice. Like it's literally <laughs> like just putting your head to the side. And putting warm molasses in your ear. It's it's so, so incredibly satisfying. So if you happen to uh, run a uh, like books on tape company, you can just give me a call then. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I'll do that. you and Angela Gothos, like I, Angela Gothos, are, I, you are my two number ones. <laughs> are you, uh, so, so is there anything else we want to talk about with Puppet Master 4 before we, uh, you know, shift gears a little bit? Uh, I, I do want to mention a, a Friday the 13th connection to Puppet Master 4, since I'm Friday the 13th guy. One is that our lead actor, or our lead character, Rick, is also Miles in Friday the 13th Part 8, who is also the dude who gets tossed off the light tower after Jason teleports. So there's... <laughs> oh, shit. I thought yeah, he was going Beetlejuice for a second. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. ready for that Beetlejuice connection. And then, oh, is he in Beetlejuice too? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Brian used to do six degrees to Beetlejuice after oh. every movie. And then the other until one, we finally picked Beetlejuice. And the other one is during the actual like the the Frankenstein scene that they do with puppets, which is great. They recreated Frankenstein with the puppets. I mean, what a great scene! But if you look when they go to the fuse box, the fuse from Friday the Thirteenth, the game, the same exact ones are in that fuse box. Like, they, like oh, that's so obscure. T. No. To no. a T. I swear to God, go back and watch it. If you play the game, I'd rather not. Do it. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Um, all right. So before we dive into our our normal, you know, uh, double, double features and and something that we watched, uh, Vincent, real quick, let us know not only where people can see Never Hike Alone, but also a little bit about yourself because I was kind of shocked when we met to find out that. Your start was in animation. Yeah, I got my I, I moved to L.A. like 12 years ago and I got my start in you know commercials VFX. I was just a PA kind of bouncing around. I ended up at an animation studio called Real Effects and worked on an animated film called Freebirds, which was about two turkeys that discover a time machine and go back to the first Thanksgiving to take turkey off the menu. Uh, directed by Jimmy Hayward, produced by Scott Mosier. It was like an independent animated film that was like watching a you know, watching a company build itself at the same time you're building a film. It was like a really cool, like introduction to the world for me. Um, and I started working in the independent animation world for like six or seven years before I made the jump to live action and make to make Never Hike Alone. Um, so, yeah, that's where my background came from. And yeah, Never Hike Alone was this uh, I'm a big Friday 13th fan, obviously. 
Um, and I just wanted to make a short with my friends and what was going to be a five minute short turned into a 55 minute, like short feature, um, that kind of blew up and became viral and went to a bunch of horror conventions and, and, uh, horror, uh, film festivals and did pretty well. Uh, and if you wanted to watch it, it's on YouTube. If you just literally go into Google and type never hike alone, it will be the first thing that pops up. Uh, but if you want to follow us, we're on Instagram, uh, Facebook and Twitter at Womp Stomp Films, uh, which is W M P, uh, S T O M P F I L M S or Womp Stomp Films.com. We'll, we have links to it all. Yeah. That's, that's basically where you can find us and what we're doing. We just, uh, recently finished production on our first, uh, original piece, which is called Pathosis. I was directed by a good friend of mine, Austin Boning. And I just got back from Portland. Hey Vince. Yeah, go ahead. Can you, can you say it's called again? Because some, you hit your mic and I, I couldn't hear it. And Matt will edit it. Oh, it's called Never Hack yeah. Alone. No, no, no. The the new one that you just finished. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we just uh, wrapped up. Um, it's called Pathosis uh, and it's directed by a good friend of mine, Austin Bonang. Uh, we just wrapped up uh, principal photography on that a couple weeks ago. And then I just got back from Portland working, um, consulting and producing another Friday the 13th fan film called Jason Rising uh, with director James Sweet. And uh, that one's really cool. Um, we just finished filming this weekend. So I just got back from that. Amazing. Yeah. Very, very so cool. You, uh, do you live in L.A.? Yeah, I live in L.A. full time. I'll be out there in a couple of weeks. Good, yeah. Uh, well, it'll be well after this episode drops. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, let's talk about the double features. I know I have one that I'm really excited about, but I, I think it's up for grabs for everybody. I'm going to save myself for last just to find out. Brian, you picked this, so how about you go first, then Vincent, because he's our guest, then Scott, and then me. Um, Blood Dolls. Okay, yeah. I'll take no, it. Blood I'm still dolls. on the... It's another it was... full moon feature uh puppets kill <laughs> you're just saying words <laughs> <Yeah>. movie short <laughs> all right i'm still on the board all right vincent your double feature well i think one of the obvious like an obvious one would be puppet master five because you got to finish the story because just like puppet master four because it's literally in... like one movie just it is. Yeah. yeah they just it's split it in two i don't know why they didn't yeah. do that but i would say that the double feature has got to be uh demonic toys I have to correct you okay. though, because the real re the real answer is more obscure. They just split it up into two halves a movie, like yeah. 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 <laughs> two forty five minute movies that could have just been a movie. <laughs> I haven't watched Puppet Master five in a bit, but knowing Charles Band and knowing Demonic Toys versus Doll Man. I'm willing to bet Puppet Master Five has I don't know 20 minutes of recap of what happened in Puppet Master. Yeah, it's 4. not a whole movie. Like I, I <laughs> it's been a couple of years since I went through the arduous task of watching every Puppet Master film, much to my dismay. And um, yeah, I would definitely say that Puppet Master Five is basically just Puppet Master Four with the actual ending that you were waiting for. Yeah, it's 82 minutes. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one was only 78. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, your uh, your double feature. So, is this cheating if I say the borrower, since we already did an episode on it, or nah? Well, you mean the borrower? Because the borrowers is the little. I kids said the and... borrower. Oh, okay, <laughs> I heard an F. I thought the borrowers uh, would actually fit too. <laughs> uh, you can say the borrower. That's fine. I, I, just because there's like a creature, an alien that requires a new head all the time. And I think that that I would actually enjoy myself quite a bit. If I had the opportunity to subject anyone else besides the two of you guys 
to the borrower. Was that my? No, that was your pick, wasn't it, Matt? That was my pick. Oh yeah. man, such so, such a good decision. All right. So I'm actually really excited that I got this one wow. because midway through the movie, I was like, oh, I've got my double feature and it's perfect. Uh, I'm going to go with a much more mainstream movie of aliens versus puppets. The greatly underrated small soldiers no. by Joe Dante. I don't know why you were afraid for a second. <laughs> I yeah, thought like, for I, you, I, because I, I think Brian, Brian, I thought you loved that movie as a kid. You had all the toys and everything. He's so like, Brian's going to remember Brian, small soldiers. Mad. Yeah, but I do well, miss the rodeo burger that came. Well, they brought it back, but that rodeo burger <laughs> originated uh, from from small soldiers, and it's back now. But unfortunately, I don't eat Burger King anymore because it makes my stomach hurt. Good. <laughs> it's probably better because you know you're trying to do better Not for be yourself. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I might have Burger King when I'm in uh Seattle or San Francisco. I might have a little bit of Burger King because they have impossible you. burger whoppers. I hate there. you so much. You're like in the office when Michael Scott goes to fucking New York and he's like, gonna have some New York pizza and he walks into the Sabaro. Like that's who you are when you travel. <laughs> Listen, no. you don't even hear what I'm yeah. saying. I'm going to support impossible burgers so that maybe it goes beyond San Francisco. Yeah, that's I, I'm actually completely on board with Matt. Um um, because, dude, if I, I Burger King makes me feel like absolute asshole, uh, or it used to back when I ate it, and it's been probably about 15 years since I had a Whopper. But I would absolutely accept the stomach ache to have an Impossible Burger at BK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what have you guys watched, listened to, read, whatever that uh, really grabbed you and got you excited uh, this this past week? Brian, again, you started with Papa. You picked this, so you go first, and then we'll go in the same order. Oh, man. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm going to keep my, my weirdness conspiracy theories to myself, so I won't. No, no. Uh, Tell us now. It, but I've been, me and Jade started watching uh, Bob Lazar on uh, Netflix, this dude that uh, was involved with some government alien stuff, and it's definitely a well-shot documentary. Um, I will. I will get into my conspiracy theories for a second because me and jay talked about it is like it's so weird that you're crazy to think that we're not the only planet in the entire universe that could produce a life form like that like that like in nor in yeah, but what about like that's what's insane is in the entire vastness of the universe to think that something else out there could produce some some form of life so, Brian, it's not about whether it could, but whether the scale of like cosmic scale would ever give us the opportunity to meet at the same time. So, yeah, there are no fucking aliens, you weirdo. I don't know. I think there may be. But this is mainly focused on the, the spacecrafts that he was dealing with and the gotcha. UFOs and, and all that stuff. You know, I won't believe I just made that saying up. I won't <laughs> believe. Got a nice ring. Uh, all right, Vince. Um, I got to give a shout out to a good friend of mine, uh, Kelton Jones. Um, I checked out his movie. It's called Dry Blood. It just got released on uh, Dread Central Presents, uh, I believe, last year at some point. It's been making its rounds. I got my hands on a Blu-ray and watched it today. And it's a good film. I mean, if you if you're into like, you know, like indie horror and, and you like like good, like like good, like interesting filmmakers who, uh, who who can do a lot with a little like this is a cool film. Um, and it's got some good little twists and turns and some pretty funny acting. Uh, Kel this guy Kelton directed it, but he's also in it, and he plays this cop, and he looks just like Farva from 
from Super Troopers, and his and he kind of he's in a di- he's a dick in it too. So it's kind of like Farver is just basically busting this drug addict's balls like the entire movie. <laughs> so it's kind of funny watching him just like torture this dude. So it's it's a good film, uh, and I yeah, people should definitely check it out. All right, Scott. Um, as of this recording, it was last weekend, but by the time it comes out, it'll have been a couple weeks. Um, Megan took me to see Dear Evan Hansen, um, and it was very good. I liked the music in context better than I liked it just hearing it outright. I thought that the stage direction was cool. I thought the acting was great, and I thought that the um, actually the the digitized like backdrop that they had with all of the social media moving throughout the the um, throughout the, the act or throughout the multiple acts was very cool. But um, I was not touched by it like I was touched by Hamilton last summer, and I also know it's not fair because Hamilton is probably the greatest musical of that's been done in my adult life uh, from start to finish, as well as the fact that we were row seven center for Hamilton. (laughs) And we were way back further when we saw Dear Evan Hansen, but Hamilton is definitely more my style and Dear Evan Hansen is um, a little bit more Megan style. She cried. I, I got choked up one time and I held it back, but it was, it was very good. Highly recommended anybody check it out. If you get a chance, um, uh, but you know, any, anytime I get an opportunity to see, uh, you know, an, a playoff Broadway, I'm stoked. <laughs> and I will say, I still haven't seen the play, but, uh, the song waving out the window is like the best song about social anxiety. I think I've ever heard. Uh, it's weirdly relatable every time I hear it. <laughs> um, so at the time of this recording, which was literally a month before it drops, if not longer, uh, I saw another part four that involved a bunch of uh toys that were alive i saw toy story four (laughs) and it was and it was fucking awesome uh i was very unsure about it because i was like well toy story three ended perfectly why how could you ever do a part four what other story could you possibly tell uh they had a very good story to tell and it actually dips into some really like horror movie moments at points uh, with some really creepy ass ventriloquist dummies that are super evil and super creepy. Uh, and also, uh, even though this is again, a month has passed since this happened. Uh, Melanie Martinez has dropped a 32nd snippet of her next album. Um, and it sounds awesome. I've been waiting for like five years for her to do a follow-up to her debut. So to celebrate, I listened to Crybaby all day at work. <laughs> and that, that album is amazing. It's like the best gothy pop music oh, i've heard in a long time I'm sorry i thought you were talking about john waters crybaby i was like fuck yeah i'd listen to that no work. no 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 she uh she put out an album called crybaby that was a concept album about a girl who gets picked on for crying so much uh she tells a boy that she loves him he denies her and then <laughs> uh her parents are both abusive alcoholics so she create uh she bakes them all snacks that have poison in it and then gets locked up in a sane asylum at the end of the album and it's Fun. just all the most and it's all the most sugary upbeat pop music you could imagine while it's happening that was puppet master four as picked by brian uh we will be back next week with a shark movie that got sued by joel <laughs>
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.